what is the nerve center that really that kicks in for the value they're trying to give it to their clients. Unless you put yourself as a software company in not your client's one, your client's client's shoes, being the, the actual person they are delivering the service, then this mismatch is always going to happen. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To join me, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and sign up for my free weekly Become a Better Investor newsletter, where I share how to reduce risk and create, grow, and protect your wealth. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from AE Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Logan Nathan. Logan, are you ready to join the mission? Absolutely, yes. Thank yes. you for inviting me. It's great to have you. And for my longtime listeners, they'll recognize that Logan Nathan was episode 374. That was about two years ago. And Logan Nathan is the founder and CEO of I4T Global. He's a digital transformation specialist, a serial startup entrepreneur, a board director and advisor, and an angel investor. Logan, why don't you take a minute and tell us about the unique value that you are bringing to this wonderful world? Thank you, first of all, Andrew, getting me for the second time in your very well-presented podcast that I listen to time to time as well. For me, it's my 40th in the IT business. I've always been an IT provider. And to at this time of my life, is all about giving back and growing younger professionals to be a better provider of their solution to the customer. And we will hear more about it, the journey that I'm taking with I-40 Global in practical terms. But in essence, it's about giving the lessons I've learned over the years and giving to the younger people to really make sure they understand the customer experience deliverables rather than just delivering a platform. Mm. And, you know, that's what we want to talk about today is not your worst investment ever because you've already shared that. And for the listeners, you can go back and listen to episode 374 to hear Logan's story. But first, what we decided we want to talk about a little bit is kind of what's going on with your business. Number one, you know, explain your business to the audience and what's going on over the last two years. And then we're going to get into two specific things that we want to talk about that are good lessons learned. And I think what can really help the listeners. So maybe let's kick off by tell us about your business, number one, and what's been going on over the last couple of years. Okay. Just a recap about my business. My business is all about providing field services management platform for the persons or a company who actually manages property assets on behalf of their client. What does that really mean is they are given an, a property or properties in a condo situation or a startup situation to manage it on behalf of their client, who could be an individual or group of clients. On the other side, when they really maintain that asset, that asset got to be you know, done properly. In a typical fashion before I4T Global come into scene is get done, but there's no visibility, there's no safety, no compliance, all of that. It's get done, but done in a very hard way in a manual fashion. So what I4T Global does is automate most of it and make that easier. In doing so, it brings four tenants. 
which brings the efficiency, compliance, safety, and 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 end of the day, really make a lifestyle easier for the person that managing that asset on behalf of their client. Mm. And that, you know, I was thinking about in Thailand, we have some pretty massive property developers these days that have developed and built, you know, out maybe a hundred condos and they're managing those also. And you can kind of picture them manually doing this and they're getting overwhelmed. Is that the type of company or, or business yeah. that would? Yeah. In this, in 2023, manually is not the, the right word, but they do use multiple software and and doing so is still struggle with you know financial versus managing a third contractor versus doing all their compliance with their subcontractors all of these done in completely different way where these cloud platform works now they can also talk to each other so our piece of platform which is field services management does that subcontractor managing part of it well and seamlessly integrate with the other platform as long as they are all cloud-based. Mm. And doing so, bringing this the four tenants that I just talked about. Great. So let's let's take a minute to kind of understand. First of all, maybe you can just explain what's been going on with your business as far as your growth and your development. Exciting, exciting. If you recall, when I spoke to you in 2021, we are just getting over the post-COVID. And I think we were managed to convince a, one of the largest group of clients who to really, you know, solving these problems that they had. And we are right into the journey, in the second year of journey, where we now putting through hundreds of thousands of transactions and, and doing so, meeting some of those, the four tenants we are talking about in that journey. However, as we get more clients coming on board and the growth is happening, two things. You're really happy about the revenue coming through, but then you've got to deliver that expectation not just in one or two clients, two or three clients and the growth in a, in a multiple fashion. And that makes the challenge in terms of your deliverable. Deliverables in terms of your processes, which we are now ISO driven. And the other one is the most important one is your individual resource, your staff, mm. right? Your staff are the key to really do this. And let me say this. A lot of people think a software is a piece of thing that just plug it in, it works. Yes, it works as long as the business requirement understood and then delivered according to what the customer wants. Mm. Often where the mismatch is, customer says, I want this, and got a good faith, they document the way they understand. Then the technical people, companies like us, take that on, and a good faith, they say, this is what they want. But there is a, a missing component in the middle, which is called the customer experience, mm. understanding that. That requires a lot of communication, understanding what the nerve, what is the nerve center that really that kicks in for the value they're trying to give it to their clients. Yeah. Right? Unless you put yourself as a software company in not your client's one, your client's client's shoes, being the, the actual person they are delivering the service then this mismatch is always going to happen. Mm. That is the journey that we have learned over the last two years. Delivered according to the exact specification we need. And as the customer goes on, three things happen to them. Either they have not really explained what they want in a, in a fashion, which we you know contractually agreed to it and deliver. 
That's number one. Or their business has changed, moved on since, since last time. So they really require that changes, which we need to understand and accommodate that in a timely fashion. If those two doesn't happen, then what happens is always that is mismatch what you are on, on about to deliver to your client versus what the client really need to make their growth and their clients happy. I hope you understand that. You know, I just something came up in my head when you were talking about that. And that is one of my businesses is a coffee business where we're roasting coffee and delivering that to our customer. And you know what our customer wants? They want the exact same thing every time for decades. They do not want to have a different coffee experience unless they purposely go to get a different blend or they change the way they prepare it. But that's so different from the software development that you're in, where you're constantly trying to improve, you know, the experience for the customer. And if you're not, you're going to be just frustrating them and eventually they're going to, you know, walk away from him. So that's an interesting way of thinking about this constant pressure you're on under to constantly improve, which is such a different world from, you know, many traditional businesses or maybe the old way of doing business. Well, first of all, if you have a process in place to really go through and understand the customer requirement and deliver in a fashion that is really done according to customer requires, that's a tick number one. But often the world is not just customer giving you a piece of information or piece of work to be done. You've got to understand what is ticking them and moving them ahead. As part of that, we need to make sure there is a, a communication channel regularly there. Sometimes you also perceive or foresee their changes upfront and understand them. Mm-hmm. Right? The other part is when you're delivering a software as a service, what we do here with I4T Global, we need to understand what are the changes happening to the industry, which we can bring the benefit, even if your customer hasn't thought about it. That's another value add that you bring in. Mm-hmm. In effect, that you actually have a strategic partnership in place, such a way that you are working together, just an extension of your customer's organization. That's what I was talking about, customer experience. Yeah, and maybe I think one of the most valuable things that you can deliver to the audience is to understand about delivering that customer experience, understanding that customer experience. And, you know, when we talked earlier, before we turn on the recorder, I can tell you the idea is everybody wants to build an app. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, let's make an app out of this. Let's make a software out of this, right? And we'll make a website, you know, software as a service and all that. And then they they fall into this quagmire of software development. And when they finally get their head above water, it gets pushed down again. And they just can't get to that point where they've got an operating software that they can iterate and improve on. They just never get there. And I'm curious about, you know, what your learning is, has been from, you know, your experience in this area. What and what advice would you give people on if they're saying, let's just say they've got a startup and they're they're starting to work on some software and they're hiring developers and they're all that. What advice would you give them? All right. I think there's many here. Let me start with the customer side of it. Number one, you actually agree to a KPI, key performance indicator. You got to make sure you're 100% delivering that. 
That's number one. That gives a basis of you care about your customer, number one. Number two, there will be always a piece of changes that will be asked by the client. Again, go through the process of documenting it, understand the business requirement, deliver it on time every time. If they do these two, you actually build the confidence and even the customers not aligned with their requirement versus what you are delivering, they will understand you are the great company to work with because you do the, the basics right. You deliver the KPI what they ask for. You actually do the things timely delivery that they ask for. Okay. Third, third one becomes easy. So, so let's just talk about this KPI. Now, when I'm a beginner and I'm going to develop software, I have my clients that are out there and I'm, I'm hiring a developer or a developer team or something like that. When you talk about agree on a KPI, are we saying, okay, what's one thing that we absolutely must deliver, you know, consistently, like we always got to be up or the customer can always check the prices of their assets and get it up to date at any time. Is that what you mean by KPI? Well, no, in our point of view, they're actually delivering using a piece of software that you're given. Yep. And doing so, they find whether this is a software problem or a field problem or something new that they've never come across, they're going to lodge a ticket yep. to say, I'm having a problem. In that doing so, they will also have the urgency, you know, priority one, two. When you three. say launch a ticket, who is the person that's launching that? The customer. Okay. The customer launches a ticket. Yep. Requesting there is an issue or challenge with them. It's that timely feedback and delivering according to their priority is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because what they need, they are heart of the business. They are tickling off their business done in a timely manner. Yep. And if you listen to them and go back to them in the, the timely way, you win their heart. Because okay. you are no different to another part of their company. Yep. You're just another extension of the company. That's a key part of the whole thing here. And is there a particular software that someone should use when they start that ticketing process? Or is that something that you do internally? Or Yeah, we're we actually using a, a SaaS platform. Freshworks is our platform. Our clients also, uh, most of them are using different one, but it doesn't really matter. It's the software that you need to evaluate to best suit your delivery. But I'm really talking about the practice and the culture within you as a supplier, giving it to your long-term client or a strategic client that you need to build the, the trust and the, the relationship. And I'm I'm focusing on it from an absolute beginner, just because I think that can bring a lot of value. So what, what we're talking about here is, number one is create a minimum viable product that's delivering some software as a service type of benefits or features. And then make sure that you've got a feedback mechanism from the customer back to you and your team. And that that's done through, you know, them launching a ticket. And then that provides the iteration process of, and, and this is where I think it's missing in a lot of places, is that what ends up happening is when software development happens, basically a entrepreneur says, I want all of this. And they give all of that to a developer. And then six months later, they go, okay, here it is. And it's meaningless. It's useless. Just homing back to KPI, let me give you a piece of advice for both your listeners, both on the customer side and the supplier side. Often what happened, right? Like I said, I've been in the industry for 40 years. 
Often what happens when a KPI is requested, the supplier will give all sorts of technical terms, right? We will meet 99% of the uptime. We will do that. While the customer think 99.9% is great, but is that 0.01% is really where the impact happens to their client, right? That's what I was talking about, understanding the customer. The customer also need to educate the supplier to say, this is what my business is. This is my critical time. I come from an airline background, right? If I give that example, right? If I take Cathay Pacific, between 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock, where most of their flight leaves worldwide. Mm. If there is a 99.9% SLA in place, that 0.10% impacts during that critical 80% of the flight time leaves, that's why they bear biggest impact is. And every business got that unique deliverables, unique importance, timely manner, and so on. So I think what the supplier and the customer need to do is understand the core value and the core importance on the business. And accordingly, they need to agree on a KPI. Often, not in technical term, often is in business term on the client's way. Okay, so that's an interesting one because I can imagine if it was software related to, let's say, running an airport, the software provider could say, hey, we were up 99.9% of the time. We delivered our SLA or whatever it is. But you think, yeah, but man, that point one was a crash or that point one was a six-hour delay. And that's all our customers care about is that 0.1%. So you don't, you know, that, okay. So tell us more about how- In property work, property term, right? The property managers are at work Monday to Friday, often after hours as well. You really have to talk about what's the deliverables, the impact during their work hours. Mm. Because that's where they're delivering the quality of work to their client. Mm. Right? And of course, there's an after hours impact as well, but that's not important because people do understand that is outside the normal hours, right? So it is that's a KPI type of thing I'm talking about, which I call it BSLA, business service level agreement, not service level agreement. Mm. Most suppliers giving them some technical indicators, which often customers don't even understand. And Okay, so let's go back to this. I mean, I'm I'm really focused on this software development just because I know it's such a challenge for many businesses and you've got experience in it. So if you're talking to a beginner and they have an idea of developing software and, and they, they know what they want to do, they've got a group of customers that maybe are their first movers that are like, I mean, I set up some different products with founding members. And I say, you know, you can join at a lifetime cost of this. I'm going to bother the crap out of you for the next three months as I develop this product. But you're going to get access to it for the rest of your life at a certain, you know, low price. So the question now becomes, okay, how, where do I go as an entrepreneur who knows nothing about software development or anything like that? And I don't have a big budget. Where do I go to start to figure out how do I create this product? Okay. First, go to a credible supplier where they can independently verify, often with the client testimonial, not what they claim, what you're able to do with. Places like LinkedIn is a beautiful place nowadays to verify that, right? Independently. That's number one. Number two, make sure you make them understand what are your business requirements, not your technical requirements. Mm. 
and let make sure that whether they can actually translate their technical requirement and replay that in your business terms, right? In other words, understanding, you know, one of the key one we just talked about is KPI, yeah. right? What happened if I don't get what I want? How do I get that change? What is the impact to that? What's the penalty? How much it going to cost me? Most importantly, it's not all about money. It's all about the time lag and the loss opportunity for the client. Mm. So that's got to be delivered. So, you know, in a way, it's BSLA, business service level agreement from the supplier. The changes get delivered on time, right? And most importantly, the ongoing point of view, they have an ISO, International Standard Organization, process that they're covering and they're able to deliver. Then um, what happens is, over a period of time, customer can take a hands off. And the organizer, the supply organization now going through the turmoil, which is part of a good thing or bad thing. Either they've got key people left or their growth is really upsetting their the rhythm of delivering services. Okay. Right? And what what type of company are we looking for? So I'm gonna I'm gonna look now for just a second at the beginning and the ending of what you just said. At the beginning, you talked about you know, go out there and look for a supplier, try to independently verify. I also, I'm going to switch what you said about ISO processes to the beginning. Say, okay, do they have ISO processes? Do they explain what those are? Do I understand that? And then, and that's part of that, let's say, verification process. Of who do I want to work with? Then the second thing you talked about is the business service level agreement to make sure that they understand your business requirements. Not, We're not talking about your technical requirements. That's a whole nother thing. But what we're talking about is you need to understand that you need to help me deliver on these business requirements. Mr. Supplier, do you understand my heartbeat of my business? Hmm. Not the other way around. Keep going. And then the third one you talked about was the time lag and say, we need some commitment as to what's going to be the process of when the customer puts in their ticket, how are we responding to that? If if we know that it's going to take time to implement that because it, it's not a higher priority, how do we either communicate that back to the client, communicate that back to the management, that type of thing, right? And I also say, add to it, your customer business is just like yours is growing. How are you going to align it? Often customer forgets to talk about that with the supplier, right? And it's important for the, for the customer to also have a frank conversation with the supplier. Yes, this is what my business requirements are today, but my business is going to move. Are you ready to move with me? Mm. How are you going to be, you know, have the agility, right, for you to deliver what we need in a timely fashion? That's another pitfall that I see where the challenge starts between the customer and a software vendor. So how to deliver ongoing as the customer is their business is growing how do you make sure that you're servicing the growth of that customer yeah and in that often customer forgets just like you're changing with your key you know resources and everything your supply is also changing and if you're in a true strategic partnership i think we need to keep track of both and have an open conversation of exactly you know where the impacts are what the the challenges are and with that and you have a true relationship. A true successful partnership, often customers see the supplier as an extension of another department of theirs, not an outsourced company. Yes, that's how the legality works and all of that. But in terms of the relationship building, 
both sides need to really see it as an extension of their company. So let's go back to, let's say I'm an entrepreneur and I've got an idea. I want to develop an app. I want to develop software as a service. I, I got kind of my preliminary work on it. We're talking about suppliers, independently verify ISO processes. I guess the first, let's take it back a step just to say, what are my choices? My choice is number one, hire a developer, right? Choice number one, hire. It's just like if I wanted to accomplish something in accounting, I would hire an accountant. Or if I want to hire, if I wanted to accomplish something in sales, I would hire a salesperson. So one choice is to hire a developer that has its problems. Another choice is to hire a outsource service, a company that's developing software and that's all they do. And then you also have like, do I do that with a local business? Do I do that with a global business? Is there, so if I think about that process, maybe you can give us some guidance as to what do you think should be someone's first step? I'm going to give you a bit of a disruptive way of looking at this. And I haven't been around for 40 years as a client looking for, for supplies and vice versa. If you, today's world, professional deliverables are going through a proper process, they get a, you know, a qualification, they could do a proper training, 90% or 95% of the professionals are done and dusted. They are there to deliver a deliverables based on the, the requirements. That's given. And of course, supply need a requirement. Where the mismatch happens is they don't understand their psychology in terms of who they are as an individual. Often when I'm looking for a professional, I don't ask about their qualification, what they have done. I'm really looking at their lifestyle. Lifestyle in a sense, do they really understand what the customer is all about? Do they really understand what the pain of their client is, right? Do they really understand, you know, what is that ticking when you actually, even if you take a road trip, you take a, a bus, you understand what it takes to run a bus company to really pick a client and drop them on the side, even, you know, picking your kids or whatever. So are you saying that they should understand me as the client, or they should understand the clients and customer. What which one? Well, both sides. Both sides. The client need to quiz them on that, not on their technical capability. Of course, that should be ticked, right? But more than that, do they really understand the value proposition that you are making in terms of understanding heartbeat of your business? Not necessarily your business, right? Like you didn't understand when we talk about you know, the condos and the starter and the problems that we have. It's about, do you understand the business side of things? And if you are hiring a, a developer on your own, often you go to a company, which is what the normally other companies do. Of course, then you got to look at the culture of the company. Is this culture of the company, the leaders of the company, really there to really deliver up a piece of software or they're really there to deliver a piece of solution for their business? Two different things. Yeah. Okay. And... I want to I want to start to wrap this up and I I want for you to think about you know how would you summarize the key lessons that you want us all to take away from this discussion what would be like point number 1 2 3 all right point number 1 make sure your supplier if it is a customer perspective understand the business service level requirement that's number 1 number 2 Make sure that the culture of that, whether individual or a business, often it's a business that you're dealing with, understand not just about 
technical terms of delivering a piece of code or a software or whatever, but understand the, the business requirement, right? That is comes in the BSLA, but in terms of do they have that sort of culture, not necessarily understanding your business, which they will do over a time, but really have that switched on capability to understand the business deliverables, mm. right? not the code or the software, the piece of code. Often that's where the disaster happened. You hire a techo, you have a business, often you think that the techo understand the business. No. Today's world, the techo need to understand the business before you hire them. Great. Now, last question for me. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? Number one goal is to really focus on the global growth, which means we have a challenge within our organization to really understand different cultures, delivering at different time zones, and at the meantime, keep that efficient to minimize the cost and really give the maximum value to our client around the clock. And that's it. That's a big challenge. And listeners, there you have it. Another story and discussion of loss as well as success to keep you winning. Remember, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. If you've not yet joined that mission, just go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and join the free weekly Become a Better Investor newsletter to reduce risk in your life. As we conclude, Logan, I want to thank you for joining the mission a second time. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I now award you alumni status two times for taking the time out to share some of your experience to help our audience. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, when you are actually building a relationship, just like in our life, your supplier is your heartbeat in terms of delivering your heartbeat of the business. So keep them as an extension of your business, not as an outsider's that they had to just deliver a piece of work. Then the success will come automatically. Thank you. That's a great lesson about building a trusting and long-lasting relationship with your supplier. And that's a wrap on another great discussion to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. Let's celebrate that today we continue to add more people to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.